It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. And this week, welcome to the 200th episode of Film Rage. In in cinema, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryson. I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, 200 hey. Also, we have Murray, who I remember 200 episodes ago said he probably would not say much on the podcast and just wanted to produce the shows. And now we can't shut him up. I don't know about that. What's the good word, Merman? (laughs) I'm still here. You are indeed. And since it's a special milestone episode, we have an extra special guest, the voice of Rager Dare and the host of The Nerdy Photographer, the god of rage, the almighty Casey is gracing us with his presence. How goes the battle, Casey? It goes well. It's the bicentennial rage. It is indeed. (laughs) So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. You know what? I got a bicentennial boner going on. That's all I'm going to say. So, thanks to all been supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform. Or... Support us and join the Film Rage community by joining a membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible, 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 sorry, terrible film. And we'll watch it. If you play it anywhere in the world, even in one little crappy cinema in the middle of Pinocchio. They don't have one. Nobody knows where (laughs) Pinocchio is. I do. But now they want to know. But they don't have a cinema. Well... That's enough of that. Let's get to raging. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadows Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know why I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a a Liam Neeson or superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. You know, 200 episodes of Groovy cannot stop the fabulous... Casey now has his own theme music. He has his own music now. <laughs> this is the Casey God of Rage theme music for you all to get used to. Let's just hear it for a little bit. Here. He's 16 bit of awesome. <laughs> now, Casey. The love of our life. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about you for a few minutes here. Sure. Other than you being the voice of Rager Dare, tell our listeners 
why also that we would choose you from is it just because of the level of awesomeness that you bring to our podcast every time you show up i think there's a certain amount of just you know the the smooth ragey voice uh that just like that oozes awesome uh i think that was, that was part of it i think it's also my encyclopedic knowledge of movies i think that we discovered that uh, mutual connection fairly early on and that was part of the reason that i was brought on board also just because you know when the rage when you know mr furious rage builds within me i I just can't control it i think those three things just uh were were, was the the trifecta everything came together that's right perfectly it's like a three-sided domino (laughs) i can't even remember how long i've been doing this like it's been a while while. i think it's coming up on an anniversary of a year a year yeah it's coming up i think it was the summer maybe last year Maybe September. But you know what? It's felt like you've been here since the beginning. I, you know, it's it's one of those retcon things. I, I have been here since the beginning. <laughs> That's right. Over, it's been lurking. Always overseeing. Always yeah. overseeing. Yeah, on my show, you can do that. You can, we, I, I can. I can build that in. We can retcon those things. <laughs> so now this is a bit of a trick question, but did, um, did when did you discover Film Rage yourself? Uh, I think it was about, I think it was sometime in 2020, 2021, um, we were, became part of a mutual podcast group yeah. on Twitter and I started going through all of the different people in the group and listening to podcasts and checking them out and, you know, part of being part of the podcast community, you know, supporting everybody. And I think I may be a little bit more supportive as you are than other people who like claim to be supportive of other people in the community. Uh, you guys are wonderfully supportive of my show. Um, and just in listening to stuff, like I went through and listened to a lot of different shows. And, like this was, your show was one that I you know, identified with, like I said, the topic of just like getting mad about things. Uh, that, that's just uh, being able to rant and, and rage uh, really stuck with me, but also just the love of movies. Uh, I mean, that, since I was a kid, I loved movies. That was just something that immediately drew me to you guys oh awesome yeah i know you know it's funny i i hear people talk online all the time about how much they love movies but they love like certain kinds of movies right (laughs) and to uh and then they limit themselves to actually good movies in my opinion but you know how that goes they limit themselves they don't open themselves up to the experience of something that's different they're they're comforted by having a thing that they know they like and that that's all they'll watch and i think that that is um, it, it limits your experience when it comes to film because like then people won't you can't grow you can't yeah. find a new genre that you might like because you might like those art house documentaries or you know what there there is a genre of just bad movies that I love <laughs> what I like like the movies I just love watching I'm like this is terrible I don't expect it to be good it doesn't make me mad that I'm watching you know a shitty movie it's just like I know this is crap it is not intended to be good you know, it is just like, it is what it is. And I'm happy with that. That is like, I am totally happy with those movies. Like and, Highlander. And I, I, <laughs> excuse me? Highlander. <laughs> that is, Highlander is a treasure in a, in a classic piece of cinema. And don't you ever speak for <laughs> It's okay. I think it's Murray's favorite movie too. So yeah, uh, good yeah, company. I so. do like yeah, the Connery I mean, though. It's got the greatest, like the, th- the problem is, is that the, the, the side characters are better than the main character. 
Oh yeah, he True is dat. no he has no personality at all. True dad. Highlander's crap. <laughs> oh, Bryce, big surprise words coming up to Canada. That's right. Oh, I did figure out something though from that movie when he like when somebody asks like where his accent from and he says where they ask where are you from and he says lots of different places. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> but he is from lots of different places. He was born in Long Island, New York. Then his family is. Uh, dad was a diplomat. Then they moved to like Switzerland. He lived in Switzerland for like eight years when he was growing up. And then they moved to France. And so he's like, he is from lots of different places. That makes the movie even better. It does. Yeah, no. but not Scotland. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, the Scottish guy has from Spain, apparently. Yeah, there's, yeah, he's there's, Egyptian. yeah, there's a lot going on with that. So thanks. You know, we absolutely love the fact that you're on our podcast and i have to beg casey on a regular basis please don't quit us please don't quit us i can't quit you guys uh, yes that's the line i was Good looking one. for so we had a significant number of our friends online uh wanted to say some things about our 200th episode so uh we're gonna play a clip here from some audio of some of our dearest friends and i'll give a quick list after that and we have a couple more and then we got some questions from one of our uh from one of our friends so ready to hear what what they had to say about us absolutely Hey, this is Jason with Invasion of the Remake, along with Trish Cocklet. Hello! And we want to congratulate... Film Rage! Film Rage! You gotta say it with rage! Film Rage! Film Rage! On 200 episodes. <coughs> That's really... It's really <laughs> tough on the throat. Film Rage! 200 episodes. That's four fifties. That's ten twenties. It's a lot. There's a lot of math in 200, but if you just say 200, it sounds really impressive. It's a bicentennial. But if it's like 425, it doesn't sound so great. No. So 200 episodes. That is awesome. Congratulations Yay! to Film Rage. Film Rage! Film Rage! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Dig deep. Ladies and gentlemen, if I may have your attention, we raise our glasses to celebrate a remarkable milestone. 200 episodes of laughter, wit, and endless entertainment with Film Rage Podcast. We at the Crime Diner raise our glasses high as we toast to 200 episodes of hilarity. Here's to the countless laughs, the unforgettable moments, and the incredible journey you've shared together. Cheers to Jim, Bryce, and Murray. Let's keep the rage rolling for another 200 episodes and beyond. Cheers. 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 Hey, folks. Dre, Tattoo Squid Podcast. Want to wish Film Rage a congratulations on 200 episodes. That is a lot to accomplish. And a lot of talking, too. And I tried. You know that. Um, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. And congratulations, guys. Come to Long Island. Thank you very much. Hey, Film Rage Crew. It's Aaron from I Had to Say It. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on the milestone 200 episodes. It's been a really fun ride so far, listening to you guys rage and curate the lists. And uh, the addition of Casey is the voice of Rager Dare. 
the learning experience of leaving Bryce alone for a week and finding out what happens when that happens. It's been a great time, and I've been happy to be along on this ride with you, and here's to 200 more episodes. Hey, guys, this is Shoot the Flick. I'm Scott Eisenberg. I'm Frankie Spikes. And uh, we'd like to congratulate Film Rage... On 200 episodes! Woo! We're right behind you guys, by the way. We're catching up. But uh, we we want to celebrate your rage, your inner rage, your outer rage, your cinematic rage. We love it. We feed off of it. Yes. We delight in it. Very much so. And we hope to continue doing so for another five bajillion episodes. That's right, five bajillion. I said it. Yes, exactly. We love feeling the rage. It fuels us. Love you guys. Hello, Film Rage crew. It is I, the Vern from Cinema Recall. Wanna wish the fine gents at Film Rage Podcast a very happy 200th episode. Cannot believe it, guys. 200 shows. You wonderful Canadians are just freaking awesome. So to Brace, Murray, and Jim... Uh, happy 200 episodes. I hope you guys have 200 more episodes. I cannot wait to crash on your guys' couches when I come to visit you in Canada. Once I get my passport situated, there's a couple things I need to uh, clean up, first of all, on my record. Uh, but it should be fine. It should be fine. Just gotta hide a few things and uh, maybe bribe a few people. And I can be up there in Canada to party with you gents. Anyways, I love you all dearly. I'll listen to every one of your episodes and I cannot wait for 200 more shows of Film Rage. 200 shows of Film Rage. Anyways, happy 200 episodes. Uh, love you all. Goodbye. Jesus, 200 episodes. I knew you guys were old, but that old? <laughs> Congratulations to the Film Rage podcast from me, Ebony, here at Film Spark, Nuggies, Shooter Hooters, and whatever other podcasts I decide to create. And by the time this comes out, you guys have been amazing. Jim is the biggest support of anyone here across the board when it comes to the podcast community. Your podcast is hilarious and absolutely amazing. You guys have the best chemistry, and I couldn't be happier than I am now for you guys. 200 episodes is absolutely insane. I cannot believe you guys have made it without dying. You're already pretty old, but it is what it is. (laughs) In all seriousness, thank you guys so much for the support you've provided to myself and across the board. I know many of us, you guys mean the world. So thank you so much. Congratulations again. From one hootie tootie disco cutie to another, congratulations again, the best of luck, and bye! Ugh, I love those guys. No, well that's it I think for our actual audio clips, but we have three, three, uh, three things from other people that could not get a clip out to us, so... As most of you know, we have a, another honorary member of Film Rage, and that's George from the best little horror house, horror house in Philly. And he says, and I quote, Hey boys, George here. 
and just wanted to send over a few words to congratulate on 200 episodes in a world where around half of independent podcasts don't make it past 14 episodes. This is no small accomplishment and not only to make it, but to thrive. Since my show is reliant on seeing the best movies, I love knowing that I can always count on Film Rage to let me get some venting out, laugh, and sometimes learn about movies I didn't even know existed. It's about time to add yourselves to the undoubted list. Here's to 200 more. And this is from CJ from Talking Chiz. Hey guys, happy 200. Wish all the best and rage in your success. What does Film Rage, uh, sorry, what does film mean? In the Webster Dictionary, it means a thin, flexible strip of plastic or other material coated with light-sensitive emulsion for exposure in a camera used to produce photographs or motion pictures. What does rage mean? Violent, uncontrollable anger. You put those two together and you have picture anger or better yet, film rage. Keep up the great work. And now, for everybody to be involved... Lindsay from Ye Old Prime Podcast has asked us three questions to answer. <clears throat> Alrighty. So this is an interactive portion of this section. Yeah. Mm. So So do we answer all at once or uh well let's take turns on this one. So okay. we'll start with Casey. Do you have any plans or desires to attend any of the larger film festivals in and for us it's in Canada, but for you it'd be in the US. Uh Desires, no plans at the moment. If anybody wants to hire me to photograph any film festivals, happy to do that. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go to South by Southwest or Sundance. Nice. Two, two ones I want to hit, too. Not far from me. So Cool. Uh, what about you, Bryce? Uh, yeah, I've already uh, gone to the Okotoks Film Festival, so I'm good. Okay. There's no other ones you want to add to that, that list in Canada? No. <laughs> All right. There you go. When you've, when, when you've gone to the best, screw the rest. Screw the rest. I love it. All right, Murray, any, any big ones in Canada for you? Uh, no, not really. What? Maybe, maybe Vancouver. Uh, TIFF has become too political, and I hear they treat their volunteers like crap. So well, no go. chance of ever doing that. All right. Well, it's a good way for us to bash <laughs> TIFF while yeah, we have a chance. Just bow it. So <laughs> make sure that you're looks never like we're never going to TIFF. No, we're never going to TIFF. At least not being invited to it. Exactly. <laughs> so there's for me, it's always a good reason to go to Montreal. So I would love to go to Fantasia. That would be my, my dream in Canada. So There you go. Don't come right now. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to go now because supposedly it's smoky there. So Real smoky. So this one uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with because it says, if you had a biopic made about you, and because we all know how much on Film Rage we love biopics, uh, who would you cast to play you? So let's first go around and talk about who we would choose to cast for ourselves. And then the rest of us will, uh, will <laughs> say who we feel that they should be cast as. So Casey, <laughs> who, who, would, who would you cast to play yourself? Well, I mean, back when I was acting... Uh, one thing I used to get from casting directors was Michael Keaton. Mm, um, nice. But I honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I, I, at this point, at this stage in my life, it's Bradley Whitford. Okay. We're starting to look a lot alike. All right. You're Plus, better you know, looking. Got, <laughs> just saying. You. Got better eyes. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about you, Mer? Well, Uma McGregor, of course. Uh, I would have said Ryan Reynolds, but 
He's too good looking and too funny. Well, you're pretty good looking. Uh, no, Ryan Reynolds. Well, but McGregor, I think, could probably pull me off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so to speak. Uh, Bracey? Uh, yeah, that would be uh, Ben Affleck, the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation, is the only person for the role of me. All right. Okay. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree, but okay. So for me, I, w- I have a choice of a couple, actually. So I would either pick, if they're on the dead side, I would pick Sam Kinison uh, of my all time. Uh, but if they had to still be alive, I would probably pick Elijah Wood, uh, mostly because of his role in Sin City. And sometimes I feel like Kevin sometimes. So. Hmm. The guy with no lines. <laughs> the one who eats people. You know, he Kevin. has no word, no lines. Yeah, he's creepy as fuck. He is. Uh, so let's, let's talk about who we would cast Casey as. Uh, do you want to go first, Bryce? Uh, Casey. Uh, after careful consideration, I would say that Ben Affleck would be able to capture Casey like no other actor. But as an alternate, I would pick Brad Pitt, as not only does he have the range for the role, but he also has the rugged good looks. Mm, nice. nice choice. Um, I'm going to say if, if it could be anybody dead or alive, it would have to be Sean Connery. It's the only one that could truly do him justice. But if it had to be alive, I would say Sean Bean. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sean Bean. Yeah. Nice. I like yeah. that. Because that, wait, I die at the end. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. yeah that, that's, that's at, at the end of your biopic? At the end of your life. Yeah. At the end of your life. Yeah, you do. Yeah. After you're dead, we'll make a picture about your life. And that's we'll, right. And we'll cast Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> Mur, who you picking? Uh, well, having never met Casey and based on his voice and ability to bring forth evil, Bruce Campbell, of course. Oh, there you go. Oh. Even looks. Oh, wait. He's showing us. There it is. There's his Bruce Campbell uh, Funko Pop. There you go. So we're, from, we're both from Michigan. There you go. There you go. B- bound to be. All right. Uh, let's do Murr next. I'm afraid. <clears throat> what are you talking about? I'll go. I'll go first. So um, for Murr, I would say if it could have been anyone that's ever lived, it would be John Candy. Yeah. But, I would, but he's dead. Otherwise, I would have picked Yeah. Him. So if it, if it has to be alive, then I'm going to say Tom Hardy. Because yeah. only Tom Hardy has the range to be able to play Murray. He only has the rage that I do. <laughs> All right. What do you say, Bryce? Uh, I'll say Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck <laughs> is the obvious answer, as no one could capture the angst that is the merman better than the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation. But if he was not available, I would go with Patton Oswalt. Oh, great choice. Uh, okay. Very good choice. All right, Casey, who do you got for the merman? Uh, I you actually, I, I had gone with John Candy as well. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Like just like the, the yeah, Canadian personality, yeah, personality. But the other one I went through, I, I did the same thing. If it has to be alive, I went with John Bradley. Mm. From, I uh, don't know who that is. He was in uh, Game of Thrones. He's also in uh, what was it, Moon? Uh, Moonfall. Yeah. He was the the scientist in Moonfall. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's do me next. You next? Yep. All right. Uh, I'll go first. I think I know who... Being the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation, I feel Ben Affleck would be perfect for the role. He would nail the essence of Jim. However, if he was not available, I would go with Kathy Bates. Yes! 
<laughs> I love Kathy Bates. And her and I are the same chest size, so it's perfect. Yep. All right, Mer. You have similar <laughs> figures. It's true. Uh, well, I would have to go with Nick Cage, Jim's man crush. I would have said Keanu, but he's too tall. And also too good looking. That's all. Well, I mean, Nicholas Cage is pretty ugly, let's face well, it. Nick Cage is a, is a chameleon. He can hey, play anybody. Man. He does have his rage fueled quite a bit. That's true. He is right. a handsome devil. He is. All right, Casey. Uh, I went with Bob Hoskins. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love Bob Hoskins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's great. He, and wonderful range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, he's dead, though, also. so. Uh, okay. So, still alive. Nathan Fillion. Okay. That's nice. good. That's, <laughs> that's Merman's crush, by that's the way. Other man that's, crush. that's right. Next to Ryan Reynolds. It helps that Merman and I are best friends. So yeah. then he'd hang around with me more. There you go. All right. So, well, now we've saved the best to last. And yeah. I have a feeling, I really have a strong feeling that not one of us picked, picked Ben Affleck to play Bryce. In oh, a, that in that just movie. doesn't make sense because Ben Affleck can play anybody, <laughs> anytime, uh, anywhere. Exactly. And do it badly. effectively. Very badly. All right. I don't know why you, you, you hate on Ben Affleck. It's, I, you just try not to. You're, you're always trying to be cool, going with the. We only have nobody an hour. believes what they say now. when they're talking that <laughs> smack about him. They all know that he's awful. It's true. Yes. So Casey, who would you cast Bryce as Bryce? Uh, ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck. <laughs> um, it's a totally different guy. Uh, Tim Blake <laughs> Nelson actually was who I, I Okay, I like it. Uh, Mer, what do you? Well, Ben Affleck, of course. <laughs> Who better to play him than, in his opinion, the greatest actor of our generation? Because he would accept no one or, else. Or I'm anybody sure. else's. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> As a backup, maybe Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Um, okay, so I picked a, a three. So if it's going to be a comedy, if this biopic's going to be a comedy, yeah, there's cool. nobody who could play Bryce better than Paul Rubens. <laughs> the death scene in Buffy, Buffy. the Vampire Slayer is how I picture Bryce most times when we're in cinemas, yes, actually. So too. that would be my first one. But if it was gonna, if it was gonna be, um, if it was gonna be like a, a drama, bio, a drama biopic, I would make. Um, these two actors fight, not to the death, but I'd want them to reenact the scene from Star Trek where Spock had to fight Kirk and see who it could actually win. And it would be, would be between Paul Dano and Cillian Murphy. Mm. Now, who All do you right. think would win that, by the way? Oh, Cillian Murphy Paul would. Dano. Really? Well, yeah, I'm yeah, going the other way. I think okay. Murphy would Murphy's fight dirty. Small. He's, he's he would small. fight dirty. He looks so big on yeah. screen. He's he's scrappy I mean, though. Murphy, I I went to Murphy's I went to school with this big. kid that came up to my knees and nobody wanted to mess with him because he's scrappy. Yeah, and he's Irish too. Yeah, so, I mean, scrappy dude. You. Yeah, he knows how to drink. But so. Dano is like that German. Like, isn't he German? <laughs> I don't know. Well, but sure. Well, we'll say yeah. Dutch. Anybody doesn't believe us, they can fact check it. But but I trust Dutch. I trust it. Sure. Dutch-ish. And. Or was that it? That was it. I did. Yeah. I thought you had three. I did. Paul Dano had to fight Cillian Murphy. Uh, and, and if it was a comedy biopic, it would be Paul Rubens. Uh, there you go. Or just have Pee Wee Herman as himself playing. Next you. question. 
I think that you know. No, I'm gonna the Paul Rubens thing. If you've seen Mystery Men, you know he has quite a great range. Exactly. Indeed. That's right. You just uh, pull his finger. Um, the next question is: If you could attend any film festival anywhere in the world, mm. which one would you want to go to? Mm. And since I don't know if Bryce considers Okotoks Film Festival the best <laughs> the in the world as well, but let's find out. Uh, to be honest, I'll go first because I, I don't care. Anywhere showing a variety of content is good with me. Doesn't matter if I'm watching it at Cannes or Venice or Berlin or Park City or Toronto or London or Melbourne or Hong Kong or anywhere else. As long as there is plenty of diverse contact, content for me to watch, I am very happy to attend the festival. And we keep throwing this out there because we're hoping that if any of those other film festivals hear us, we want they want to pay us to travel there and mm. obviously bring our, our private photographer with us. We call that in the business a shameless plug. Yeah. Yes, t- well, yeah, I mean, I have zero shame. Shame. So, yeah, I'm on board. Uh, Casey, what about you? I would say the same. I mean, I'd love to go to Cannes or Venice and be like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this guy, Greg Williams. He does like all of these like festival photos of like, celebrities mm. like at their hotel or like you know at venice like on the boat like going over to like to you know the festival that sort of stuff like i would love to do that sort of like behind the scenes well if we ever get called into the big leagues to travel the world yeah. doing uh, fest film festivals we will make sure that they have to hire a photographer that comes with <laughs> us your, um, your private photographer yeah private photographer uh mer what about you well sundance i mean I've been wanting to volunteer there ever since I started doing festivals. And since I'll probably never have a film actually showing there, it might be my only shot. Yep. And Maybe they I, need security. I'd actually be a filmmaker, but yeah. Okay, well, there's that too. Um, I would choose, because uh, I really love these guys. I've been following them for a long time. Their content is amazing, and that's the Boston Underground Film Festival. Or one that also looks like it has some pretty amazing um, films, and it's also really wacky is the um, B-Movie Underground and Trash Film Festival in the Netherlands, also called Butfa Festival. B-U-T-F-F <laughs> Festival. So, I mean, I just want to get a T-shirt that says the Butfa Festival. Right? Mm. I think that they, they do a lot of merch business. Yeah, f- f- I'm actually going to go on their website tonight and see if I can get a butt, f- butt f- a butt f- shirt sent f- all the way from the knee. Oh, I'm sure you can. Oh, I am sure. I you am can. on it, on it, like crouton it. All right, well, How thanks you, everyone. Okay. On this, with this, the show. How you found that festival tells me a lot about you. Yes. Well, you know, I do like. He was, he was looking. He was looking for something else. I was looking it for butt stuff. I was looking for butt stuff, and it missed. <laughs> and there was a couple of letters that got missed, and it pulled up what the cookies. This, the this, cookies this, betrayed you. Yes. <laughs> the, there, there was literally there's a, a festival, a, a butt, butt festival. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm sure. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, we actually were able to get Casey to see two films too. So really, yeah. Ooh. So this is good. We went to. Different cities in the world, people, and saw the same movie, I'm thinking. Mm. Maybe. Well, I guess our ratings may tell different. Mm. All right, then. So, first one we saw was The Boogeyman. And you're right. They didn't play that music, by the way. No. The cover uh, by uh, White Zombie. I'm I'm always right. I'm your boogeyman. That's what I am. (sighs) 
The Boogeyman is another PG-13 horror effort to throw on the immense pile of all those PG attempts at horror that came before it. It is a story. The I really can't talk today. It is the story of the Harpers who seem to have some sort of presence in their home. Hmm. Who knew? It had some decent performances from the Harper Kids, played by Sophie Thatcher and Vivian Lyra Blair. David Dastmalchian has cornered the market on creepiness and his portrayal of Lester Billings yes! hammers that point home. Ugh, fucking love polka dot man. Lester seems to have had dealings with some entity, the kind of the same one perhaps as the Harpers. Marin Ireland, uh, is uh, also she's kind of quickly be, uh, ascending to becoming one of my favorite actors, and she's stellar again here as as Lester's wife Rita Billings. Oh yeah. So as you can see, the acting was not the problem with this. Uh, the problem is it is also familiar and with nothing original to offer, and its reliance on jump scare attempts to frighten instead of creating situations to fear makes the whole project just fall flat. This apparently is based on a Stephen King story. I can only imagine that it must be one that he scribbled on the back of a napkin and then crumpled it up and threw it away only to have someone rummage through his garbage and expand it into a screenplay. Now, I did not hate this because I genuinely appreciated the actors on the screen doing the best they could with the material provided. On a side note, this seems to be set in the present, so why they did not just take their walking around phone, as everyone but me apparently has one of those, and use a flashlight to thwart off the night or the, the light-fearing creature. I mean, am I wrong about that? I, I think that might come up in discussion a couple times today, but we'll right, see. We'll okay. see. So long story short, this had just enough going for it for to prevent me from, from... From what? From raging, but barely. You know, on second thought, they really need to stop making generic PG-13 horror, so that alone, I suppose, is enough to get me raging. So I guess the final verdict is that the boogeyman is a rage. What? Or a meh. No, I'm definitely going with rage. Final okay. answer. Okay. Well, that had me going for a little bit. I was a little... Uh... I was a little bit... I'm just sick of PG-13 horror. It's just... It's, it's the worst. It is the worst. Because nobody does it well. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't have a PG-13 movie, that's, but every PG-13 horror movie is the same. Are you sure about that? Pretty darn sure, yeah. All right, well, we'll find out. Casey, what do you think of I'm your boogeyman? The boogeyman. That's well, what you am. <laughs> Casey and the Sunshine Man. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> Wondering if something is lurking in the closet or under the bed? The boogeyman. But have you think that what you're afraid of is some sort of primordial being that is fed on our fears and our bodies like some kind of evil spider since time immemorial? Based on a short story by Stephen King, it has a similar feel to other King stories, particularly The Outsider. Blend that with the Babadook and you have this very familiar story of a family dealing with grief and a creature that wants to devour their fear and their sadness and their bodies. The movie packs a few good scares in there and culminates with a really in-your-face metaphor for the damage that untreated trauma and grief can cause for a family. It's a great topic. The treatment, however, is bland, like Bryce said. 
It's just this bland PG-13 presentation. And the Boogeyman criminally underuses the brilliant Chris Messina and David Dashamalian, uh, but does show us how a character's home can be filled with burning candles. Everybody, mini blowtorch. Anybody? Anybody? Go around the mini blowtorch and just light up all those candles. Absolutely. You gotta have you gotta have an assistant who, Wait, who can can I just forward. throw something in there for a second though? Sure. But what was made it even more funny is that she thought this was such a great idea to light all these candles. <laughs> However, the creature work. just came and blew them all out. <laughs> right. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't it's afraid of the light. Except those candles. The candles really that it can blow out at a any gen- time. Gentle breeze, Ooh. and we've got some darkness. <laughs> Which leads me into my other question, my other statement. Buy a fucking flashlight. Yes. Somebody. <laughs> or buy a fucking flashlight. Or a lamp. Yeah, a or lantern, what about that something. giant lighting device she had in the trap room? Like she, she had, could have just well, had she, seven the, of those, those through the house. Like work lights. Those are just like work lights. Yeah, yeah. But you know, those require a lot of power and you usually have to plug uh, them in. You know what? You know what? They have them that have like that you that are like uh generators that are powered attached. by giant lithium batteries. Yep. Mm. It's, you know, like for work sites that are, you know, mobile and like location on location. So they, you can have them powered that you don't have to worry about an electrical connection. That's way too um, convenient. Yeah, or, <laughs> or you can just have like a small lantern. Yeah, exactly. It defeats the, it defeats the scare of it. But you know, like I felt like somebody should have had like at one point, like pull something out later. That could have been moment, you know, back to my review. I think this movie would have been a lot better kind of uh reiterating what reiterating what bryce said if it was darker mm-hmm. um somebody needed to die yes somebody needed to die in here at Maybe least it wasn't one. one of our main characters but somebody the blonde girl i feel like she needed to die yeah the blonde girl blonde girl definitely deserved to die you mean and, the mean girl yeah, she yeah. deserved yes. to die. <laughs> and some other people like whatever we need somebody to die the the therapist Yes. Yes. That would have been the scare at the end. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Well, it would have been even cooler. Ah, we'll just spoil it because, you know, whatever. I'm not going to spoil it. There's oh, okay. is, there, is there anything to spoil? I mean, honestly, Jim, like my, I told my wife when she got home, like, she's like, what do you think of the movie? And I was like, well, I guessed how it was going to end like 30 minutes before the ending. And she's like, well, you do that all the time. I'm like, it was 90 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, it just, I I was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And that's what happened. And it did. And I was like, okay. And I even kind of guessed what was going to happen past that ending. I was like, all right. Yeah. It just needed, I felt like it it needed to be R-rated. It needed to be darker. Some people needed to die. Thank you. I thought, but I thought that it's a meh for me because I thought the actors were great. The actors were great, and that's why the actors I were great with, with with kind of like man material, which is why it doesn't make me mad. I'm not mad yeah, at it. Exactly. Because you like, even said I you weren't mad. I know. I'm mad that they continue to make these PG-13 yeah, but you can't horror yeah, movies. You're not mad at the movie. You're, you're not mad, mad at, at the performances. Yeah, so, were, as I say, they did what they could with the material they were given. Can we remind our listeners? I think it was even last week where he was fucking handing out mez like candies. Like, this, uh, you know, this movie was so terrible, but the acting was so great. It deserves a meh. But he can't go past that on this one. Like, you can't just start drawing lines in the sand for whatever the fuck that... You feel like, you know what, today I'm having a poopy day, so, you know, I'm going to change my rules. And honestly, I felt like this was just like, it was a, like I said, a rehashed kind of like watered down version of 
The Outsider, which is a much better Stephen King story. And The Babadook uh, is way better than that one. Yeah, so. it was like the two of those mer- merged together, and I was like, oh, we're going to do it with a, a dad instead of a mom, and it's uh, kids and, yeah. like, oh, whatever. Female kids instead of one boy child. They're like, oh. Mm. Pitch meeting. Yeah, it's so original. It was, yeah. Okay. Hey, Math well, for me. All right. The Boogeyman. That's what I am. So, Boogeyman is like most of the supernatural films of late. It had elements of smile with the passing of the monster from people to people. Plus, the stay in the light concept uh, for scary things that go bump in the night. CLFs that are so innocent when included. And makes for some extra awfulness to the monster and monsters up the monster level to a higher monster level. (laughs) Terrible, uncaring teens who make fun of your mom dying? Yeah, so that happened. That's hilarious. That's the funniest thing to laugh about in a movie, for sure. (laughs) Jump scares, crazy impacted parents, etc., etc. But what this had the most of those that don't have is a relenting pace that kept trudging forward and tried to keep the suspense levels up as best it could. The let's not believe the traumatized CLF Mm. does get a bit old, as does the fact that we gain knowledge through the film about the darkness, quote unquote, is where the creature hides. And yet time after time, our heroine played by Sophie Thatcher, who plays Sadie, continues to throw herself into dark spaces again and again, which makes me think she's not just grieving, but she's also a little dense because it happened quite a bit. For all the stuff that had the idiot factors, I'm going to call it, going for it, as well as professional psychologist completely shut down when his daughter is reaching out to him seemed a little bit of a stretch. Very tropish. Yeah, it was, it was very tropish. But although we've seen all this before, but I, I didn't hate it as much as I should have, I guess. And uh, so for me, it was also a man. Just because as it was progressing, it got progressively worse. But I did enjoy the first part of it. And I thought the pace was actually pretty good for this type of movie. I'm taking a yeah, stand. Short. You do that. They kept it short. Yeah. If you're going to create PG-13 horror and it's bad, it's getting a rage. Even if the actors were good. Uh, The little girl, Vivian Lyra Blair, uh, was really good. Yeah, Yeah, she was great. I thought she was great. She played Princess Leia on the Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus. She is fantastic. I thought she was wonderful. I thought Sophie Thatcher was great. Again, other than the stupid, like, why? I was in a nearly empty theater this afternoon watching this movie. (laughs) I shouted, why? You just listened to her say yeah. it hides in the dark why are you going down yeah why are you in going the dark in all the time she's like literally yeah. just going you know what i haven't been doing lately except for maybe five minutes ago i'm gonna go and see some dark nice <laughs> and you're right she did carry around a phone with her everywhere mm-hmm. and she used it yeah she used it in one scene she's like got the light yeah on the, mm. like... nice all right Mur. Mm. what'd you think so that's two maz and a rage well, as some of you know, I don't generally like horror films. You don't. I don't find them scary. Nope. In fact, I'm bored with most of them. Mm-hmm. 
one of the few exceptions is Stephen King, who really knows how to freak people out. I won't even watch those clown movies because <laughs> clowns are scary. Uh, I don't imagine King had a lot to do with this beyond the original story. Uh, now, the Boogeyman is a centuries-old legend that parents used to frighten their kids into behaving. Good parenting skills there. Yeah, man. Then they evolved into beating their kids into submission. Yes, that's even better. My generation. And now it's a timeout or taking away their electronic devices away from them. No wonder kids aren't afraid of anything anymore. Bring back the boogeyman, I say. Uh, this movie had me hooked from the very beginning. Whether it was traumatic traumatic childhood memories or the fear of things that go bump in the night, I literally had chills for almost the entire film. Oh, good. Like, that doesn't happen very often. In no, it doesn't films. happen to you at all. Uh, I even jumped a few times. Uh, I was actually very impressed by the young Vivian Lyra Blair, who people may know from playing young Leia in the Obi-Wan series. Insert a Help Me Obi-Wan reference here. Uh, I was genuinely afraid for the kid, and I don't like kids. It's true. And of course, there was the polka dot man. By far the creepiest thing about this film. Unfortunately, he didn't last very long. Uh, for me, the creep factor was way high during this film. Unfortunately, they made the same fatal mistake as most other creature features. What's that? They showed the monster. Did nobody learn anything from Jaws? Scary ass movie until the shark called up the boat. In 45 years, think they would come up with better special effects. Uh, that and the completely unsatisfying ending turned it from a potential mondo to another horrifying meh. Okay, well... It's a good point, though. They, they shouldn't have shown the monster. No. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it should have been less of the monster. Like, yeah. you could have yeah. seen pieces yeah, of Yeah, but yeah. not, like, they showed it, and there was, you know, no yeah. reason that. Several but, times. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw this out here. Like, the three of us okay. have seen this, but, um, Casey, did you happen to see Skinnamarink by the, any chance? Skinnamarink? Yeah. Skinnamarink? Skinnamarink. It's on. No. It's on um, Shutter. Dum-dum. Dum. And um, so if you haven't, I highly suggest you see that. Now, can you imagine if they skinnamarink the fuck out of this movie? How oh, awesome it would have been. Yes. Right? Like, we didn't see the monster at all. We we just saw, like... You didn't see a lot of you anything. You didn't see of anything in skinnamarink. No, you, you saw a lot of walls. Yeah. In yes. Walls and creepy sounds. Yes. That's what you saw. Like Saw the inside of a closet. Got to look at some towels for about two minutes. It yes. was great. It's such a good yeah, I mean, movie. The, that's how you build tension, though. Yes! Like your, mind, your mind does way more to scare you. And that's the whole point of this movie. Mm. Is that, is it in my head? Mm -hmm. Or is it real? And I thought that they could have done a lot more with, like, there was some moments in there where they had, like, oh, is that mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, I thought that what they could have done was, like, oh, you could have brought David Dashmalian back. Yeah. And, like, had it, like, turning from, like, Kind of like uh, what the hell is the movie? There's a movie where they did this where it's sort of like it. it oh, it's actually it's the outsider yeah, <laughs> uh, changing from one to the next. Yeah, and I think that the the due to my like my own personal like feelings with grief and trauma, this is such a ripe yeah subject to use, and everybody goes through some sort of trauma or grief in their life. At some point, you really could have delved into that 
in a different way to really to make something truly terrifying if you really wanted to make yeah and it wouldn't have to be graphic mm-hmm. yeah you could make something really scary with uh with not even showing anything yeah. you could have killed people without showing something yeah yeah well and and so you know maybe to bryce's comment earlier is that you know a pg-13 um horror movie could still be really good it could be effective yeah it because there's like they didn't have to have gore they didn't have to have no you know if they could have made the fear yeah and and done it better they it could have been a fantastic film yep yeah could have been really good i think it was a missed opportunity indeed there was there was potential but they missed yeah so the boogeyman was Matt ish or rage if it wasn't it's yeah. still a rage. Yeah. Okay. Well, your his his opinions change every week. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how he feels next week Whatever. about acting in a movie if it affects the rating of the movie. All right. Well, we also got to see the movie that a lot of people have been waiting for in the superhero world, which is Spider-Man Across the Spider. Sounds like a David Bowie song in the making, but Spider Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse. Mm. This is the second in the Spider-Verse franchise with animation that is incredible, action that is over the top, writing and humor is quick, witty, and fast. At times so fast you will miss a lot of things. So just be ready because that is absolutely 100% inevitable. There is so much going on and the balance of what is right and wrong is continually being challenged. At times it's overwhelming, but at other times the story slows down just enough to let you catch your breath and feel the feels nice and slow. Really slow. (laughs) For the layered character development and continue the journey we started with this family in the previous film. We are also, yet again, we get an overdose of Spider-Man, woman, horse, pig, Lego piece, or whatever else is pulled from every possible comic version or iteration of Spider-People or Spider-Creatures, maybe? Uh, This is the type of superhero movie that I want to see. It's a cartoon that is brilliantly crafted where it isn't like any of the other superhero movies that we've seen where it's basically rehashing a silly origin story and then having to... It allows the animators to be as creative as humanly possible. It's mind-bending, it's fun, it's silly, it's clever, and of course it's Mondo. All right, then. What say you, Merman? I'm going to keep this short. All right. And sweet? I'm probably the only person on the planet who actually hated this film. What? What? Okay, imagine your favorite films. Okay. Yeah. Seeing them for the first uh-huh. time. Yeah, yep. got it. Except yeah. someone cuts it off halfway through. What? And you have to wait a year or two for the second half. Oh, the anticipation. That sounds awesome. If they had yeah. put part one at the end of the title, maybe people would have known about the cliffhanger ending. Uh, much like Fast X, it was incredibly disappointing. So wait, you're sorry. What? Just we back this up. Okay, so you're I, saying I, I, it was next come into this? It was two hours and twenty minutes, and nothing got resolved. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. which pissed me off. <laughs> Joe, sorry, just that. 
the fact that it was two and a half hours and, uh, and you didn't were no no further ahead in two and a half hours oh, than you were at the start. Bad. Yeah, we got to we got to see that spot Peter Porker's coming back. Uh, and if they were gonna do that anyway, they could have at least cut thirty minutes from it. No. no. I thought the last mm. twenty minutes really dragged. Huh. Huh. Well, there is one man's opinion. Yeah, I'm not right. done. Oh, good. Oh, oh okay. okay. Go on. See, Casey, they're, they're, always, they're always cutting me off when I'm trying to talk. That's why I never talk anymore. We couldn't get you He's to going, talk two, 200 episodes ago. And yeah, I will say, now you won't shut up. Won't shut up. <laughs> I say three words and Bryce has to interrupt me with something. Okay, secondly, secondly. it was too much all at once. Yes. yes. Maybe the kitties enjoy the overstimulation. Yeah. I don't remember the first movie Maybe. being like that. Mm. And I enjoyed that one a lot more. Really? It didn't help that some of the characters were drawn at different frame rates and yes. glitching and flashing yes. and exploding all over the place. Made this gave me a headache by the end of the film. Huh. Finally. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. I don't like Miles Morales. What? In the history of all Spider-Man, he is my least favorite what? and spoiler alert he wasn't even supposed to be a spider-man no. i know that's why he's awesome what? spider that bit him was meant for a different peter parker uh, yes but who really? is and always will be the true spider-man ah, uh, i found boo. i found his character boo. annoying self-centered and oh yeah immature well, he's and, a kid. and what the hell was kid. up with being invisible and absorbing energy and electricity what spider does that? All the all the spider creatures have different. Yeah, but none of the ones that I've ever seen done those things. Uh, does okay. he make things float too, like a friggin' Jedi? No, that's a different. That's, that's a, a different, different spider. spider but the only characters I enjoyed in this film were Spider Gwen, yes, and Old Man Peter with the baby. Alrighty. All right. At least I can take some solace in the fact that they're bringing back all the cool characters from the first movie. For the next one. Nick Cage. But if it's as glitchy mm. and headache-inducing as this one, I may skip it. Aww. And I don't watch cartoons anymore. Okay. I haven't for probably 40 <laughs> years. I don't watch The Simpsons or Futurama or whatever what? else is out there. Uh, bring bring back the, the good old 70s Spider-Man. I will watch that all day. This, for me, was a rage. What? what? The only person on the planet who didn't like it. Okay, my, mine's actually going to be short. Uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Well, did Mondo? Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a well-written movie with complex characters and killer visuals. It should appeal to both young and old. I would think that the younger kids may get a little lost as this multidimensional story plays out but i also believe that they will love every minute of it as the visuals alone are entertaining even if you had no idea what was going on it's mixing and matching of various animation styles is brilliantly done with purpose the voice actors all bring their a game as you can tell they know that this is a film that deserves their best effort jason schwartzman as the spot Issa ray as spider woman oscar isaac as spider-man 2099 yes and Daniel Kaluuya as Spider-Punk are a few of the standout performances. The magnificent blend of substance and style along with emotional performances that pull you into the story make this one of the best superhero movies ever made. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is Mondo. All right. I'd put in the top five superhero movies 
ever made. I would say for me, hmm. it is probably like the fourth. And the third would have been the first one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, and then Actually, Logan I is like, number one. I like this better than the first one. Yeah, I uh, think it's a toss-up. They're both good, though. All right, Casey. All right. Okay, so... A wash with brilliant animation and filled with enough Easter eggs to take down Cool Hand Luke. <laughs> the second installment in the Spider-Verse saga is a visual feast, just like its predecessor. The embarrassment of Richards in regards to source material may actually be more weight than one film can bear, while the opening of the film shows us that the story will be told from Spider-Gwen's point of view, that POV shifts back to our original protagonist, Miles Morales, and we see how Gwen and Miles' journeys are parallel not only to each other, but all to all of the other spider-persons, animals, creatures, let's just call them spiders out there. The film almost forgets about Jason Schwartzman's brilliant spot character, who has an amazing being John Malkovich reference in his solo yes, scene. This is a villain of Miles' own making who threatens everything Miles holds dear, but the tension of what he might do is put aside for large swaths of the movie while we deal with Oscar Isaac's Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. By the end of the more than two-hour film, the story feels like it is about to unravel before we hit another plot turn that forces the story to wrap up in order to cut off the story in preparation for the next installment. Across the Spider-Verse teeters on the edge of losing me, but the visual flair and all of the incredible nods and references and the fact that they did, everyone is in their own style of animation, I thought was brilliant. They're in their own frame rates. They're in their own like style of animation. It's fucking fantastic. I yep. thought that was incredible. It's a soft mondo for me, but it almost succumbs to Saga Syndrome. And I'll say this because like, it's a great story. I think the story is great. I think the performances, Daniel Kula as Spider-Punk is awesome. Uh, everybody's great. I think that they just try to jam so much stuff in there. They're throwing so many things. <laughs> it's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's like, I felt like, like Murray said, even though I really, really enjoyed it and thought it was great, I thought it was a lesser film than the first one because they tried to throw so much stuff in there. And I feel like here's my thoughts. Yep. I so love it. For why this storyline does not work well why it was cut up the way it was is because of john mulaney's uh rehab and nicholas cage's very very busy shooting schedule so they they are being pushed to the production of the next film since they are spider pig and uh spider-man noir yep they couldn't use them in this movie so they had to rejigger things a little bit to like push it down the line to figure out what they were going to do. Um, but two things that really uh, also stood out to me, the Lego sequence, <laughs> yeah, which was fucking fantastic. It was I so think. good. It was so I, good. Yeah, I did enjoy and that. you know what? It is animated by a 14 year old kid. That's really? crazy. Who did Lego animations of the original uh, Spider-Verse movie yep. trailers and the producers like the animators saw them and thought they were so great they contacted this kid and asked him if he wanted to wow. do that's awesome segment of the movie that's incredible um the other thing that got me is that you know like i said about the the animation uh of each person like spider punk i thought was fucking incredible like, yes. everything that he touched was done in his animation yeah. style yeah it was i thought it was fucking great like that was amazing 
Uh, but yeah, like again, there's like so many things going on. It's a I lot. Think, like, oh, yeah, man, they, like, it's a lot. I gotta watch it again. Yeah, like there that's what I mean. Three like, villains. I yeah. There are three villains. Yeah. And I'm like, oh guys, did you not? But the other thing that got me was the introduction of live action people. In yeah. The <laughs> film, <laughs> which I thought was it? like like Bryce said, you know, like, or uh, like avoids the origin story. No, 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 no. This is all about origin stories. Everybody's yeah. origin about everybody's story. origin story. Yeah. And we're even gonna bring in amazing spider-man uh into this yeah with andrew garfield yeah and i was like and they had toby mcguire in it too yeah and no, i was like no okay Holland. you know i thought that personally that was a personally thought that was a little too much no that's where you started like pushing the envelope too much for me because miguel o'hara brings up don't even get me started on you know earth 1999 and Doctor Strange, I thought that's a great reference yeah, to the Doctor live Strange action too. film yeah, yeah. that brings it in without like putting it too much in your face. Also, the Dan, uh, the Glover, uh, yeah, Donald Harris Glover as yeah. the live action Uncle, uh, yeah, Oscar, is it Oscar Aaron Uncle Easy. Aaron? Um, because he's he played Uncle Aaron in the oh. first. Did he? Tom Holland movie? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not like Miles Morales doesn't show up, yeah. but he is the character in that first Tom Holland I'm like oh I mean don't drag like don't try to connect them too much the, but, mo- but the that, movie but... the movie's a total geek fest though I oh mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh it's great this, you the cannot... Ben Riley character yeah. the, it, I don't know this is the thing like as far as like Murray was saying about like Miles yeah in the comic books this is exactly what like you're talking about he's not supposed to be Spider-Man it's the ultimate Spider-Man uh, ultimate universe like how like Miles becomes Spider-Man it's and the Ben Riley character, which is voiced by Andy Samberg, is just he's a clone of Peter Parker, or is he the original Peter Parker? Yes. The whole thing about that, it's just it's I, there was so much in there, like the T Rex Spider Man, <laughs> yes! whatever. I was like, oh, what's going on? There's so yeah, wow. you know what it is though, as you see this movie. And the animation is mind blowing. Like it, yes. no, there's never been animation like this ever been created. Like, I was a huge fan of of animation when I was in my twenties. This this blew my mind. And one of my favorites is Ralph Bakshi. Like, I just love yes. his stuff. That's- I love Don Bluth stuff. And you know, this this is just so layered. Like, it's just so many layers that you do you kind of want it's and i don't normally want to see him see very many movies again but i want to see this again i want to see it again and again and again because i know there's so many things that i missed i want to slow it down and watch it <laughs> half speed yeah make it four it hours and so 40 minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah i definitely will be watching it once or twice before the next one comes out yeah I've, I I wonder if they've actually kind of got some a lot of that in the can. Does anybody know? I uh, the next one. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, like I hope we don't have to wait another four. No, no, years. they've they've got a release date already. It's, it's next okay. year. Oh, okay, good. So they probably have done a ton of it. Yes, indeedy. Nice. All, All right, right, so I guess we'll see what happens to Murray. <laughs> what in a year from now? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah, the thing that the big problem I had was, yeah, I love the bad guy, like the spot guy, but he disappeared for an hour. Like I wanted to see Miles go after him and he didn't. So we're going to see that in the next movie. So that, uh, that's what kind of. With his super friends. Yeah, sure. Super spider friends. Anyway. Spider-tastic? Yeah. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking 
we've kind of talked about it this week my rage this week it's somewhat well, i'm going to give you a couple rages one in particular we've kind of already alluded to if you're going to make a pg-13 horror movie just put the extra effort in we know it's not scary just make it scary and you don't have to zhuzh it up too much it's just it's not cool. You don't need a lot of blood. You just need to make it scary. Yeah, you don't You don't need PG-13 um, horror movies. If you're going to make it to try and get more kids to go see it, fucking make it scary. Look at yeah. um, Poltergeist. I think Poltergeist is the best example of this. That movie, I think it, it was, when it came out, I think it was PG, but now they've re-rated it PG-13. Yeah. And that fucking clown under the bed scene is probably one of the best scenes that's ever been made in a horror movie. And, you know, th- this movie we saw this week could have been that it could have been the clown under the bed scene from from poltergeist done in 2023 so if you're gonna make pg-13 horror movies just make it right and um the other rage i'm gonna do is i'm gonna re-rage at cineplex again because the other week we were we were there and we had a situation and they pissed me off then and we got to Landmark this week for the whole the whole of our episodes, and Murray had an issue. Well, and it's the same issue I have it every every time I go. That's right, but there's the difference. Is the manager came out, and he was like the sweetest guy refund. on the planet. Yeah, give me a refund. Yeah, and he gave you the refund, and it was like, you know, we want to make you happy. Thank you for coming to the cinema. It was like, where Cineplex was just like, whatever, go fuck yourself. So that's my double rage this week. Terrible PG-13 movies, and I'm just going to rage on Cineplex again. All right. All right. All right, passing the baton to you, Casey. I I will uh, agree with that PG-13 horror movie bullshit. It's, you know, it it gets on my nerves. And it leads me into my rage, which is, why are there so many fucking trailers ahead of movies these days? And commercials. Insane. Yep. I don't know how it is in Canada. Yep. Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Twenty yep. fucking minutes. Yep. Like I was late to the movie today to go see Boogeyman, and I knew I was fine because I was only ten minutes late. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I still got ten minutes before the movie actually begins, and it's driving me nuts. It's like I, you know, I had things to do. It was I, I managed to slip in this matinee viewing because I had a lot of things going on but it's also like okay it's an hour and a half movie it shouldn't be over two hours to watch a movie I, when i was a kid it was three you got three trailers you have a six minutes and maybe like one little like hey let's all go to the lobby right. yes you know, like it was for a minute so you had seven minutes from when the listed showtime was going to be yep. until the movie started you knew exactly we used to roll in when i was a kid you'd roll up to the theater like three minutes after and you're like okay we got to rush in and like because we're gonna hit the last, you know, trailer before the movie starts. But now it's 20 minutes. It just it, mm-hmm. it makes a movie going experience, especially because I'm gonna yeah. re-rage about this. I think we talked about it before. Why movies being so fucking long? Yep. You know, like if it makes sense, fine. 
but like I shouldn't have like a three hour experience movie going experience every like, time almost every time for no reason um, though I think a lot of the two hour stuff these days um, like I said about Spider-Man uh, I think that it could have been shorter I agree with Murray that I think that it could have been shorter and that in the end the last half an hour could have been tighter mm-hmm. it could have brought these like plot lines together in a different way that I think could have been a little bit more cohesive um, but it still probably would have been a two-hour movie. But there are others that are like two hours when you're like, what? like one thing I will say for Cocaine Bear, even though it's a shitty movie, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, it is. It was, it's not long. It is not long. It's like 80 minutes. Yep. Like, fucking great. Tight. Like, tight, tight. This is tight. Tight. Tight 80. Uh, like, that's good. Like, you have more movies like that. 80, 90 minutes. Well, especially where, where for like you... horror movies, right? Like, and comedies. Yeah. And comedies. Yeah, and rom coms. 90 minutes is 90 minutes. Perfect. Ah, yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. You know and what and it's doing, that... though, Casey, in my opinion? It's kind of reversing it. You know, it's like, I think what the cinemas are trying to do is trying to give people reasons to come back. But but people can just go online and search trailers themselves. Like, mm-hmm. people go on YouTube and just go, oh, look at the trailers, right? Right. By putting too many in now, I think it's pissing people off. And they don't even, they say, you know what? I don't want to go and waste oh, another 20 home. minutes extra of yeah. my life. When I went to see Spider-Man, there was, honestly, there were groans in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> another like, oh, one. Another one. Well, yeah, uh, we went to see another there was, trailer. What, there was three animated movies they had trailers for? Yeah. All yeah. Disney crap. Right. And you know what? Whatever. Then it's three. Then, okay, you get three animated movies. That's yeah. it. You're done. Yeah, I think that's we, a, I think we had I think we had about six or six, six trailers. Or trailers. <laughs> yeah, it might have yeah. been seven. seven. Six. There's seven plus, a, yeah. plus two commercials. And then probably a GMC commercial. Yeah, at least one. Yeah. But the thing is with the two-hour movies, I think I discussed this before when I raged about it in a previous episode, is they're doing it for streaming reasons. They're making the movies two hours long because it keeps people, it, their metric is if we keep them on the platform for two hours, they'll stick around and watch something else. Like that, that's That makes uh, no that, logical sense whatsoever. I no. don't know what it is, like, but I, that, that, that they're also paying, like I feel like Nope could have been 20 minutes shorter and a much better movie, but they like it got pushed over to two hours and one minute. <laughs> I think it's part of their like streaming deal, like part of their licensing and publishing streaming deals, or like they have to make some of these movies have to be two hours. Yeah, um, which I think is an unfortunate impact on the art form. So I would uh, say we're all one hundred percent in agreement with your rage this week. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Next. mine is uh, kind of segue into that. What? This is not my music because it's a special episode. It's a special rage episode. And it's a rage. Yes. This is raging music. This is raging time. So for the 200th episode, I have a rage that has probably been used before. What? But is especially relevant to me right now. What? What? I happen to work in the film and television industry. Yes. Which is currently shut down because of the Writers Guild strike. Yes. And the big issue this time streaming services what apparently writers are not getting paid for stuff that airs on streaming services because it's being streamed over and over so because of those cheap ass companies like netflix and prime i can't do my job 
and get paid. I realize right. it's a bit hypocritical because some of the projects I work on are actually for streaming channels. But the merman's got to make a living. And if I ain't working, I sure as hell ain't paying for any streaming services. Long live Tubi. There you go. The other issue Tubi. with streaming services is it's keeping people away from movie theaters. As most of us can tell you, quite often when we go to a movie at a theater, it is usually deserted. Sometimes we're the only three people in there. Our favorite art house cinemas are disappearing across North America. I recently saw a film shot in one of those old theaters. Uh, it was a horror film, not done especially well, but the location was magnificent. This was like an old theater from like the 40s and 50s. Yes. It was gorgeous. In the end, they dedicated the film to a couple of theaters in Detroit. They were actually permanently closed because of the COVID and poor attendance. And the pictures were just amazing of these theaters. They're no longer uh, in business. This will continue to make me rage. The people would rather sit on their couches at home and watch stuff on their phones rather than experience the joy of a big screen and a movie, th and movie theater popcorn. Shame on all of you. That's my rage. Ditto. Yep. I, I will say that that's, that that's a cultural thing, too, that's changing. It's like the people who are willing to watch stuff on their phones as a generational yeah. change. I don't get it. I don't understand yeah, I don't either. It's, don't it's not understand. the same I'm, scope. Well, I mean, just yeah. as an example, I have a friend down in the States who doesn't really go to movies. I mean, she usually watches it on Netflix or I guess she actually can order the DVDs, which is going away as well. She actually just saw... Top Gun Maverick, which I know you both hated, but yeah. Why, yeah, why would you see that on like a 20-inch screen? I wish I could. The only reason to see that would you see that on any screen? No, it's seen in a theater. It, it's I love supposed, that movie. It's, yeah, see, thank you, Casey. <laughs> it's meant to be seen in IMAX, not on somebody's yeah. laptop or on a phone. Like that. What Star Wars 10? What are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, it's just I Go don't, see I don't it Use the Force, Tom. I don't understand. I understand it, but anyway. Yeah, I didn't understand Top Gun either. Yeah, I mean, I You'll see it in a haptic theater where, like, the whole, like, theater, like, raises. And they oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm coming to visit you, That's Casey. Awesome. It is awesome. It's a movie-going experience. Like, let me tell you it that. is that, something I've that. raged upon in the past. Something I actually <laughs> left the cinema and asked for my money back over. We, we <laughs> literally were in one of those theaters, and Jim got off the seat and started sitting on the steps. I finally got fed up and they were playing the same film across the way 20 minutes later. So we just walked across and sat in some comfortable chairs. Well, it actually yeah. threw me out of my fucking seat. It was horrible. I, it was, I was shaking all it's over the, the place so thing much. Ever. And then it finally just spit me out. It was like um, a scene, <laughs> the scene from Jaws when Ugh. the leg went floating out. It was terrible. I would have loved to have seen Maverick. To like jump on what Murray's saying though, about the writer's strike. This is a really serious thing. Yeah. And yep. one of the things that really like people should know about like that they're trying to do is to own your the likeness of actors yep. and their voices. That is what the, the, the producers of these uh, like Netflix and, and other like, companies are trying to include in their contracts are unlimited rights to use AI to recreate Yep. actors and their voices Yikes. they will if you for, for example if you did a season of a uh, cartoon that you voiced they'd say they own your voice from that cartoon wow they could use to push it into ai 
and then create as many seasons of it as they want using your voice without paying you any more money. Wow. That is the, the things that are in the contracts that they're trying to push on people right now. This is why this is such a huge wow. issue. I, I, this, this would never be said ever before, but I actually am so on side with Mark Ruffalo right now. He's a potato. <laughs> He's a fine actor. Uh, he is. Mark, Mark Ruffalo gave me a sausage once. Uh, oh, really? Oh, nice. Really? Uh, uh, grilled it up and oh, like, okay. it to me. <laughs> Wait, what, what are you calling a sausage? Just so I know. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I saw on a talk show. He used to work at like a, one of those uh, a sausage selling one of those 50s drive-in places. Or is something. that where you got yes. this? Is that where you got Mark Ruffalo's sausage? Was from a <laughs> a 50s no, diner? It was an art festival. It was an art oh, fair. Oh, was a festival? In, uh, oh, York. nice. Oh. And he was like, it was he was doing it to like promote like whatever the clean water stuff that he was doing. Oh, right. like everybody, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah he's a pretty uh, big advocate. And uh, yeah, he was just like handing, like using his celebrity to just. Uh, talk there you to go. Him. Did he say the words, Casey? Would you like my wiener? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Can I get you a sausage?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "As long as it doesn't have any gamma radiation," because this was like. A week after Avengers came out. Nice. And he, he just he laughed and he was like, no, nah, I promise it's not green. <laughs> it might have some pubic hair, but you know. That's funny. <laughs> but it ain't green. Oh. It ain't green, yeah. All right, Bryce, what do you got, baby? All right. My rage this week, I thought, I thought was what? going to be the fact that Hypnotic, starring the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation, <laughs> Mr. Ben Affleck, <laughs> And directed by Robert Rodriguez, never got a theatrical release in my local cinema. What? Then I watched it on VOD, and it was really quite bad, and I really didn't care that I didn't see it on the big screen. What? Wait a minute. Of course, Ben Affleck was brilliant, but he can only do so much with a terrible script. So then I thought my rage would be that Rodriguez and Affleck get together for the first time, and this is the crap that they made? But then what? I thought my rage would be that Rodriguez would put the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation in such a terrible film. But then I thought, why am I blaming Rodriguez? So then I thought my rage would be that the finest actor of mine or anybody else's generation, Mr. Ben Affleck, would agree to be in such a subpar film. That sounds like a good one. But finally I realized that what I really should be raging about is the fact that Machete Kills in Space is still not in theaters. Yes. <laughs> and not even made yet. Uh, ah. Even more importantly. So he spent. You know floor. what? So you're saying he spent all this time and effort to make a terrible movie with one of the worst actors ever. But he could have been making Machete Kills. Not with the, no, with the finest the actor of mine or anybody. No, no, you said Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. Okay, just so we're clear. But yeah, he could have been doing Machete Kills in Space. Yes. I mean, it's not. Ticking me off. Yeah, okay. You know what? I think it's unanimous. That is by far the best rage this week. <laughs> you think? I think you're confusing him with Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck? Yeah. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger. Fading. Ooh, we almost got it twice. We almost got a double whammy. Two of the press one. Someone you know, repeat. You know, one of the things that, you know, <laughs> this is our 200th episode. We may make this to 200 minutes. This could be like the... We might have 200 minutes. Yeah, yeah we're we, might there. Make, we might make 200 minutes. I'm God, not, I I'm hope not. Sure. not. <laughs> so we're having a quick list episode 
just because we could make Casey watch another movie. So <laughs> a, ter- a terrible movie in this case. It was. Parlez-vous français? Oh, God. We Parlez-vous got to see français. Lucky Day. Yes, Lucky Day. Lucky Day. Lucky Day. And it was Boy, all of our Lucky Day sure to see this movie. It was sure mine. Uh, so it, we have Clifton Collins Jr. Mm-hmm. versus the mesmerizing Crispin Glover. Or Crispin mm-hmm. Glover. Or Crispin Glover. He's a Glover. Yeah, it's Glover. Just like Lover. Um, you know what? You, we kind of bypassed our needing to reveal all at once. Um, so I will just go first. I thought, you know, everybody knows how much. Crispin Glover is my number one creep crush and has been my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Clifton Collins Jr. took him out in this film. You think so, do you? That's I do. My and yeah, I'm going to go uh, on board with that. Clifton Collins Jr. was more mesmerizing from the first time we see him to the last, although yep. his last speech did not ring true to his character. He delivered the yep. lines in mesmerizing fashion. Crispin Glover was mesmerizing at first, but his shtick wore thin 45 minutes in. By, and by the end, I was just sort of annoyed by him. And uh, yeah, by the way, just for an added little thing, Lucky Day, don't go see this movie. It's terrible. <laughs> it is a complete freaking rage. But uh, Clifton Collins Jr. is kind of amazing in everything he does, and yep. he's kind of amazing in this. Well, he's too. mesmerizing. He really I is. I agree. I think that Clifton Collins, I wanted more of his character. Yes. I thought he was great. Oh. I thought everything he said was like, he, he was in it. Yep. He believed it. Yep. Whereas yep. Crispin Glover, I felt like, was phoning it in and doing a character he has done a number of times before. Like, and not even like, as good. And not as good. Like, that's not that's as the good. key. Like, you see him in, like, if you see... Crispin in um, the, the Angels. Tra- thank you. That's the ones I was exactly was thinking. You see him in that. He's fucking brilliant in that. Yep. The way he's smelling the the hair piece and he just brings off this level of creep. Where in this, like he was, he w- he had creepiness, but it was it was it wasn't as creepy as I think he could be. I also think that this is a failure. Uh, of directing and writing mm-hmm. on Roger Avery's part for the people who are not familiar with who Roger Avery is uh, he's the guy who helped co-write Pulp Fiction and wrote like Killing Zoe yep. Yep. True Romance yep. all these things. Yep. You know, he, and, he and Quentin Tarantino sort of invented that gangstery genre in yep. the 90s uh, things and you know he most famously wrote the, the uh, Butch Gold Watch segment of fiction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. another screenplay that he wrote but this just feels like he's like kind like i was reading a bunch of reviews of it after i watched it and they're like oh it's a satire of like the movies that he and tarantino created i'm like but if it is it's a bad one yeah they didn't satirize enough a horrible satire of them and it's just like there are moments in like okay apparently roger avery is in love with safe cracking and french accents yes like killing zoe i was like what the fuck and i'm like oh it's the and like in again in the gold watch sequence, like the girlfriend has a French accent. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? Like, it just. It, I think there was some funding from sense. Montreal. Oh man, I think that's what and it was. Like his best friend gets blown away in the at the art show, and he's like two seconds of like, I'm so sorry, buddy. Time Thanks to run. Key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like he's fucking out the door. Yeah, it, yeah. There's uh, yeah. There's a lot about this film that I had problems with, but you know what? It. As everybody knows, it has to be unanimous. That's right. So, and one of us right. watched it on pay per view, which usually paid I don't, money for I it. I paid money to watch me this. Me too. 
Because normally, if, if I, I don't have any streaming services, as I've mentioned, unless it's on Tubi, I'm not going to be watching it. <laughs> but this one, because of who was in it, I chose to pay the five bucks to watch it. Nice. Um, yeah, throw a monkey wrench in your guys' plans. Uh, I like Crispin Glover. Uh, I've wow. never liked Clifton Collins. I've seen him in like three things, and I don't think he's mesmerizing at all, to be honest with you. Because I'm pretty sure I wasn't around when you guys put him on the list, because I wouldn't have put him Thank on the list. Thank goodness. Yeah. But Woo. yeah, no, I like Crispin Glover. I thought he, every time he was on the screen, I, I was laughing my ass off. I thought he was awesome. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think maybe because this film was like partly funded by Telefilm Canada, maybe they have some kind of rule where they have to have a certain amount of French in the movie. Because, yeah, I never never got why. I mean, if whether it was shot in Canada or it was supposed to be set in Canada. Because, I mean, no, apart from... Because the main character, who was an Aussie, everybody else was French. Even his daughter spoke French, and she wasn't French. But I think they came from Montreal. The idea was Maybe. that they were in Montreal. They, they were moved. in Montreal. <laughs> and and, and Chris McGlover's character thought he was French. <laughs> and he had done the job in France, which is also like a Killing Zoe throwback. Oh, mm-hmm. I never saw it. Yeah. But no, I like Crispin Glover better. So there you go. <sighs> Sorry. Well, you know yeah. what? We, we make the rules. We got to live by them. Right. We made the rules. Um, now, I know th- that Casey was not privy to this, but did you happen to see Kelly Redcart film? <laughs> no, I haven't. God damn you. I've been busy. So we've been trying really hard, uh, Casey, to get Kelly Reichart on to the undoubted list. And... Bryce is the only reason that she's not on there yet. It's I need to watch a couple more movies. I'll get there. I and I've thoroughly enjoyed everything. Like I I'd already seen five of them or five of them. I think five of them. Well, I hope it's more than five because that. Well, no. Now I've seen six. six. There you go. So I got two to go. It's fine. Nice. We'll get there. All right. Well, that's it for the list this week. All right then. Yes. Murray will give us something for next week, some other time what that means it's time ladies and gentlemen to celebrate the 200th episode of film rage i have decided to take over this segment of rage or dare after all i am the god of rage superhero of sadism the tremendous torturer the villain of the vindictive who also holds the record for causing rage to our masochistic hero and i am the breaker of rice Yes, and I continue to deliver the rage you all deserve week after week oh yeah where was I oh yes there is no back to the regular programming this week we did not live through 199 episodes of rage to take chances on you possibly picking from the listener bag of meh I have specially chosen the most completely rage filled ragiest Rage for you two rage horrors to watch. So no, you do not get to choose what you're watching next week. I have chosen, and you will watch Sex and the City 2. <laughs> Didn't I put that in my if bag? You I thought I don't the think first one was bad. It, Wait we? until the girls take a trip to the Middle East. I'm not kidding. I wish it was terrible. a joke. That is movie is pretty terrible. Yeah. I think I've seen it. I think that I watched it on this segment. <laughs> I, 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 I think I might have bought it at one point and put it in, into my bet. My but did uh, we see it? Bucket of I rage. did. Did you watch it? Yeah. All right. I've got a whole list. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's got, got a, a backup. Thank. Well, not thank. Thank goodness. Make I don't have to watch, watch the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they've already watched the first one. Oh. Yeah. Yes. That was definitely on the list. 
Yes. The first one was definitely on the list. I knew that. Which is why I chose the second one. So which then is definitely going, worse. <laughs> Wait a minute. Then did we see the second one? Maybe you just saw the first one. Do you think I, I, I know I bought one? it. Maybe it's in my bag. Still well, both of us watched Sex in the City. You're right. Oh, maybe. Maybe we haven't got to yours maybe yet, Maybe haven't got to it yet. You know what, Casey? We're going to take that challenge. Yeah, go ahead. Because... Did I not watch the second one? No, you watched the first it's one. It's in the Middle East. And yeah, so March 9th, no, 2022. I watched, I watched the one in the Middle East. Did you? Because yes. we don't have it on our list. It's not on a list. Yeah. I wouldn't have watched it unless I had to. Does it have a different <laughs> name? Is there a different name for it? No, no. it's just Sex in the City 2. Yeah, well. It's yeah, it's the one where Ian comes back. Uh, I think yeah. I watched it. You know what? Give you us feel- another one. Maybe we'll have to watch them both. <laughs> <laughs> The other one, my other choice is The Pink Panther, the 2006 Steve oh, Martin. God, Steve Martin, Pink Panther. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. That yeah, really. It's just like Inspector Gadget, but live action. Yes. Well, there was a live action Inspector Gadget. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah there's, I, a I whole, just, there's a I whole story behind that There's a story behind that one. There's a whole issue with that. Okay, Steve Martin's Pink Panther. Oh, I'm already afraid. 2006. Make like two of them? Yeah. I'm already afraid. Should be. <laughs> I know right. I watched Sex in the City too. Yes. I know I did too, but for whatever reason, it's not on our list. So, mm. you know, you know, we'll do some research. Mm. But you know what? Good, good for Casey for always being prepared. He's the Boy Scout. I got a of list of 15 more. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case we well. said no 14 times, it's like ah, yes. I got one I more got one for you. You can more. send those to me, and I will put them in your rage bag. Yeah, I will. Yes. That's right. All right, then. Oh, that was awesome. Um, now we have to spend some time I'm with... Casey, the host of the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. Are you curious about photography? Perhaps you run a creative-minded business. Then you'll want to tune in to the Nerdy Photographer Podcast. Episodes feature stimulating interviews and discussions, as well as a little bit of totally useless information. All set inside the frame of a science fiction comic book adventure. So what are you waiting for? Adventure awaits. Head over to nerdyphotographer.com or find the Nerdy Photographer Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Nice. That is you. Uh, you. Tell all our listeners um, everything they wanted to know about you but were afraid to ask. Like, tell them, I mean, your promo told us a little bit of stuff, but what do you got on the go these weeks? Because you know what? Lately, your episodes have been freaking amazing. You've had some great guests on talking about some great things. So what's, what's coming up for you? We have had some really, really great conversations lately. Uh, we, we had a conversation with a, uh, an intellectual property lawyer about the recent uh, Supreme Court uh, ruling in the United States about uh, copyright infringement and uh, intellectual property, which is something that's really important for artists, especially filmmakers. So it's a really important topic. Uh, I just put out an episode today, uh, my 199th episode, uh, which I got to talk to, uh, no, not 199th, my 99th episode. Woo! Uh, <laughs> uh, with a guy named Andy Bernstein, who's been a professional sports photographer for more than 40 years. He was at the Los Angeles Lakers uh, team photographer. For, he's been since the early 80s when, like, Magic Johnson and Kareem, like, the Showtime era, which was, like, when I was growing up and watching basketball, that was, like, it was a huge deal. I was talking to him about a lot about that. Uh, but he's been there through like Kobe and Shaq. He wrote a book with Kobe. He wrote a book with Phil Jackson, who's the coach of the Lakers, and, the, and the, before that, the Chicago Bulls with 
Jordan, um, and now with uh, LeBron, he's out there, and with like the Kirk Gibson home run in the World Series, like he was there to photograph that. He was the Dodgers uh, team photographer at the time too. He's like incredible stories and learning about him from like growing up. He grew up out in Brooklyn. And eventually made his way to the West Coast. It's a it's a really great story. I'm really uh, happy with it. I'm getting some really good guests lately. And yeah. More to come. Um, yeah. So my 100th episode is coming up soon. Um, Congrats, buddy. That'll be that'll be a little adventure episode. We do a lot of things. I I try to have fun with it. I, I don't like to get too serious on my show. So people who might be thinking like, oh, is it all about technical photography stuff and it's not. It's a lot of stories. Uh, it's also a lot of like things that are just like you know interesting to learn about or have discussions about. It's not uh, like oh you have to be like sitting with a camera and I'm going to tell you how to take a picture of something when you're just listening to my voice. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's fairly laid back and we try to keep it topical. Yeah, no, it's. Um... For those who haven't listened to it, it's it's amazing. I highly recommend it. I listen to it. Yeah, I plus I, I like get to listen fun. to you twice a week. So <laughs> there's plus there's the fun like science fiction element. Yeah. Of it that I like wrap the 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 interviews in with little little stories. I think that uh, I I've considered like pulling those all out so that they're like to make <laughs> the the, the storyline. I try to tie in like each episode has a little frame around it. Like I try to tie it into whatever topic we're discussing that week and yeah i don't know i just like i thought it would be fun uh like at episode 25 and now i'm like almost 75 episodes later <laughs> um doing it and i start to go like oh man this is work this is a lot of work i'm writing like a little sketch for every episode uh it takes a lot it takes a lot of effort because uh, i'm also doing all the voices um it's, it's fun i enjoy it. it this is a labor of love for me so i hope people will come in Stop by and listen and, and have some fun. Yeah. Tell everybody uh, your website. Uh, you can find me at nerdyphotographer.com. Uh, you can also find me on the social medias, all the social medias at the nerdy photo. That's at the nerdy photo, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Sweet. Well, we cannot thank you enough for being part of our family and uh, for being, you're not even an honorary member. You are an official member of Film Rage. So we thank you so much and uh, be prepared. We're hopefully going to get more of Casey this coming year because we're going to do some special episodes. So be ready for that, everybody. So um, thanks. Thanks, Casey. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, we love it. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks, Extended Film Rage family. You can find in our show notes. Uh, again, thank you to the God of Rage, Casey, the nerdy photographer. We love you so much. Find us everywhere on social media at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Rebel and Public. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment, like, subscribe, and send us emails to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please, 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 please make us a rage. That's it for Film Rage 200th episode. That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage! Rage on!